Father, it is a great thing to trust you and we pray this morning that you take away all fear and allow us to have faith in you and only you. That you scatter all darkness so that that faith will ruminate in our hearts and that forever together with our children and children's children we shall be able to enjoy you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated and thank you once again uh, my friend Reverend Florence and thank you all for coming this morning and uh, we shall go to the Bible quickly. It is Hindrances to Victory. Those are the series and today I'm tackling a hindrance that is called fear. Fear. The opposite of faith. And I was thinking if God you know, answered all your fears if God you know like allowed the worst fears in your life what type of life would you be leading? Some of us would be dead because there is a time when we fell sick and we feared the worst would be death. Others would just be in distress because 24 hours there is a call that comes to you and you begin wondering will my mother survive? Will my child survive? Will my friend survive? And that's fear. And many of us are operating in that spirit, the spirit of fear. And the biggest challenge with the spirit of fear is that it totally negates the issue of faith. In fact, fear even negates the grace of God. It totally illuminates the darkness that is in your heart and totally erases the issues of God. And many people today still live in fear. And I was reading that many of the things we fear, 90% of them don't happen. You fear a new job, then when you reach, your fears are already catered for by God. Some of us fear marriages, and when we reach there, we find out that really, 90% of our fears are already taken care of. And today, we want now to talk about how to, you know, avoid fear. And we shall use a text in Joshua chapter 10 from verse 1 and up to verse 9. Joshua chapter 10 from verse 1 up to verse 9. And I will draw out what fear is and how does fear hinder victory? How does fear hinder victory? Then I will give reasons why Israel was right to fear. I mean, why sometimes you are right to fear. And then I will end with why Israel shouldn't have feared. Because we have a God who assures us of victory, especially when we put our trust in him. So faith is that feeling that even if something good happens, it won't happen the way you want that feeling. And I can assure you it comes during the day and at night. It comes in the morning and evening. And when I was young, I used to fear rain because I had read the book of Genesis where Noah, you know, saved his family. So I feared rain. If it would rain at night, I would still stay awake throughout, waiting to call mommy and children so that we run to the mountain. 
I even don't know where I would get the boat, but that was my fear. And I remember the late first church evangelist came and preached in our church that you people plant, plant more trees so that it may rain. I said, Bishop, oh my God. I never had anything else. I knew Bishop wants us to do what? Like to die. Fear. And let me tell you, friend, why fear hinders victory? It is because success plus fear is equal to failure. Success plus fear is equal to failure. You still can't enjoy the success. But failure plus faith is actually equal to success because you know that God will still lift you up. And that's why we must operate in the, the what? In the realm of faith. In this text, Israel was right to fear. Why? Because in verse 1, there were so many armies which came together. Verse 1, chapter 10 of Joshua. Now it came to pass when Adrok, the dead king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it as it was done to Jericho and its king. So he had done at, to Ai and its king and how the inhabitants of Gibeon made peace with Israel and were among them. So Gibeon was a very strong nation that had allied with Jerusalem and other nations. Now they had allied with Joshua. Verse 3. Therefore Adon, the dead king of Jerusalem, sent to Holam, king of Hebron, Pilan, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debili, king of Egron, saying, come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon and defeat Joshua. So they were right that is there were many armies. Evidence in front of Israel was that there are five kings, there are five nations coming against us. Faith. Where is your faith when you are besieged and are surrounded? Where is your faith when it is school fees period? And it is, you know, Christmas is over. It has taken whatever salary you had. And you are supposed to take your children to school. There is clear evidence that things are tough. Where is your, our faith when we have sick people and we are taking to, you know, to hospitals and we are so sure that the money we have cannot do what? Cannot manage to pay for this person. So what happens? The fear becomes genuine. It becomes real because we are using all faculties that God put on us. We smell fear, we see fear, we hear fear, we touch fear, and whatever faculty you have, it is all fear around. But as I said, all these armies, yes, they were many, but we have a big God. And this morning I want to tell you, whatever is besieging you, I want to pray that you operate in faith. Because it doesn't matter how many they are. God is a big God. Secondly, Gibeon was a liar. Now this is history. Gibeon had come to Joshua and told them that, you know, we have come from far off country. Please ally with us. So Israel would be right if Gibeon sent that you come and help us. For them to say, ah, uh -uh, you have been a liar. Many of us who are married, husband and wife, normally you use history to judge what? 
to judge your wife or to judge your husband. So, Gibeon had a bad history. So when they sent, verse 6, verse 6, and the men of, of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, do not forsake your servants. Come up so quickly to help us. You get it? They would begin saying, these are what? These are liars. So Israel would be right to say that, let them attack you because you are what? You are a liar. When you are operating in fear, you use history. That, hey, when I took this child to this school, <laughs> or oh, you begin now reading newspapers, that this school never passes. But I can assure you, schools which we passed through, if you look at them today and use history, then you will never send even a child to any school. And I, there is a school where I took my child, and people were saying, oh, that school is bad. When the child reached he rang me and he said, I have never seen a nice school like this. So the question is, where do we measure faith? With fear. Gibeon was a liar. And I don't know whether they had already gotten saved. But Israel would be right not to go and help what? Not to go and help Gibeon. And there are so many of us, I mean, they, somebody calls you, you feel they are lying. But could be true that this person is in distress. And one of them actually called me the other day at night. It was at around 8.30. He called me that they want to chase me from the house, me and my family. So, Reverend, please get something and send it to me now. 8.30 at night, Saturday evening, I told him, even if I had, there is no way I can. What? Okay, you send it tomorrow. But this young man continuously really makes lies. I will pay, he never pays. That's even okay. But sometimes we create Sarah, my child is sick, so that he may be able to obtain what? So the history, sometimes the history that you have with the people can define whether they will have faith in you or whether they will have fear about you. And I pray this morning again that nobody will judge you because of your history. Because God doesn't actually fish out it is the devil who fishes out. If we checked all our histories, things are totally bad. But I thank God that he judges me, not by historical location, but by geographical what? Geographical location. By the current. And I pray that this morning, in spite of your past fears, past failures, past mistakes, you will know that God is looking at you the way he looks at his son. Number three, they were in a new territory. A new territory. They had now stayed at Gilgal, if you read chapter five onwards, and Gilgal was a place of refreshment, but all other territories were new. And I was imagining if you get a new job again, if you get a new vehicle, sometimes the fears just come. Instead of trusting that whoever made this vehicle made it okay, we begin saying, suppose this vehicle, I normally move in a plane, normally, meaning I have flown more than once. So, when I'm up there, I sometimes think, suppose this kawaya gets off, you get it? I mean, if you operate that way, then you will never fly. That's what they call phobia. It is a new territory. We are not used to flying. I have one of my sons who told me that he's not going to learn how to drive. 
I said, why? That because there are so many accidents. And I remember telling him that because you had a bad dream doesn't mean you won't sleep. In fact, you should sleep because there are bad dreams so that you are able to get a good one. So there are certain people like us who, for anything new, even a new day, they have fears. Instead of praising God for the new masses in the morning, they begin saying, ah, ah, I fear the other person whom I have money for will call. I fear this. Let me tell you, friend, again, if you are in a new territory, and I think this is a new year, it hasn't grown old, begin believing that God brings new masses every morning. Then number four, history. Israel was right also to fear because of their own history. There was a small town called Ai. And when you read chapter 6 and 7, Ai had beaten them and killed many. So they had the history of what? Of failures. Many men of us, when we are entering a new job, a new something, a new phase, we normally go to history and begin fetching. And I was part of the people who used to fetch history. That, you know, I wasn't appreciated when I was young. I wasn't, I never had, you know, courage to approach anything. Even after university, I had no courage to knock at the door and say, I want a job. No, because of a crushed ego. And so when a new thing comes, I begin fetching my former self to begin saying, I can't manage this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Let me tell you if you are part of that history that God wants to create a new history in you. And creation of new history means that he wants to begin with you from today and deal with situations the way they come. So I, yes, we were defeated. But let's also remember that we had Jericho where the walls fell down. Let's also remember that we defeated Ogi the king of what? The king of Aram and others. So, instead of history of failure, I want also to encourage you, go for history of successes. Even being here this morning, and she prayed about it, is a history of success in Jesus' name. Do you know why? Because, I mean, we lost many friends. Others are even now on bed. I visited one of them on Saturday on Sunday, sorry, with my wife, oxygen. Even the face has been affected because of the what the machines. I can assure you today you are a sign of victory. So don't dwell on your history. Don't dwell on what your husband is, your wife is, what your children never did. Dwell on one thing, that the God who has allowed me to wake up today is the God who will see me through for the future. Number five, the terrain, the terrain. We read verse 7. Verse 7 says, So Joshua ascended, the word is ascended, from Gilgal, he and all the people of, of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. Verse 9. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched or night. All night ascended. I was imagining this terrain was tough. I checked. There were 32 kilometers 
from where they are up to Gibeon. But they went and they went all night. So they had the right to be fearful. If you have never been to Kabale, you have a right to do what? To be fearful as you climb. I took my wife after marriage, not before, because I knew eh, if she goes here, her love might what? Her love might reduce. <laughs> Some people came for burial when I lost my brother two years ago. And they were like, Reverend, how did you come from this what? This place? And it was so cold. One of them slept in his shoes, but still the feet was cold. So they ascended at night. They may moved all the night, meaning the terrain was bad. Like today, the economic situation is what? Very bad. And so sometimes you feel you are right to fear fuel. I mean, 5,050, <laughs> the minimum. And when I was taking fuel the other day, <laughs> I put in 40. And the thing remained red. I was like, oh! <laughs> and you saw for us who are to push a vehicle in a jam, you must remove the collar and other things. So these days I move with a t-shirt. I'm operating out of fear. But, but that's it anyway. The terrain is what? Is bad. Teachers want their salaries. Then the school wants to operate. Parents, we don't have what? Money. So the terrain is tough. <laughs> Banks, yes, there are lines, but how much are we withdrawing? You get it? The terrain is what? Bad. And therefore, fear comes just to confirm that things are what? Things are bad. There is a lady who was operating in faith. And that's why I now want to say, why should Israel operate in faith, not in fear? There is a lady, she had a vehicle and she closed it, the key was inside. And she was like, how will I get this vehicle key out of so that I may be able to go? And as she was crying, a certain man came with long hair and said, let me assist you. And so he assisted her by, you know, the way they use wires. And he got out the key. And then she said, oh, thank Jesus. You have helped me. The man said, who is Jesus? I hate him. In fact, I'm from prison now. My work is to do what? To normally steal. So I have helped you because I normally steal. Then she said, thank God he has sent a professional. You get it? <laughs> Operating out of what? Faith, not fear. The fear was, I can steal from you. For her it was, thank God he has sent a what? A professional. So why should you not fear, number one? It is because it is God. Every circumstance on earth, under the earth, in the heavens, above the heavens, is determined by God. So it doesn't matter what you are passing through. Verse 8, and the Lord said, verse 10, so the Lord rooted, verse 11, part B, and the Lord that the Lord cast down, verse 12, then Joshua spoke to the Lord. It is about what? About God. Your circumstances, God knows them. And so operate in faith, knowing that God knows. God knows that my children need what? Need school fees. 
God knows that if I have a sick person, I desire that they are well. God knows, my friend. If you are passing through a situation, the first thing you need to know is that the Lord. And the Lord means master. So he's in charge of all situations. The storm, yes. Darkness, yes. But the Lord knows. That's number one. Do you know you have a God? And he knows. He tells him, you know, in Matthew chapter 6, from verse 25, that look what there is. That's dressing. Look what the birds, that's eating. Let me tell you, the Lord knows I need the food. And by the way, good food. You get it. Mm. And he says, if I can look after Steparo, I can also look after you. Mm. He says, I have numbered the hairs. Other tribes call them heirs on your head. I have numbered heirs. I mean, God, when you are combing, computers in heaven were changing. That's the God whom Joshua was serving. And he's saying this morning, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Secondly, history. Instead of focusing on the history of fear, let's focus on the history of faith. That even where we are now, oh, the grace of the Lord has abounded. And for me, again, when I know where I come from and what God has done in my life, it doesn't matter what conditions are saying. I will tell them that I am better than they were used to be. And so address, address that history and address it in faith. You mountain of school fees, who are you? You mountain in front of me of death, who are you? I have passed through many what? Through many deaths. And not like Okonko. Okonko had many deaths. And when he would come, he would say, no, let's first see how to pay this one with more. You get it? For us, it is the history of God. God is faithfulness. Every other what? Every other day. Great is thy faithfulness. History. There is a day when God retrieved you from the jaws of death. And friend, Cling on that faith so that circumstances are addressed using the mirror of faith. Number three, quickly. It is a command not to fear. Verse eight. Listen, I read this. And when God says it is a command, it is not a suggestion. God in verse eight is saying, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them. He's commanding you, don't fear what is in front of you. Do not fear. So it is a command for us to have faith in God. And this morning my prayer is that you will now obey this command. Yes! There are situations, there are even messages on phone, on email which you fear reading. But God is saying, do not fear. And he says, do not fear Somebody said more than 365 times. In other words, daily he's saying, do not fear. Isaiah 41, 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. I uphold you with my righteous right hand. Even in the storm, do not fear. In the waters, they will not consume you. In the fire, it won't what? Scorch you. That's also Isaiah. So, this morning again, Will you obey God is a command not to fear? 
not to fear. There are those who fear home. They also fear offices. They fear jam. They also fear, you know, no jam. I mean, fear is all over. God is saying this morning, do not fear. Then, number four, people are already alarmed. What you fear most, most today, people are already fearing you. I have an uncle, he told me that one day he saw somebody coming at night. So he hid. But somebody also saw him, he also hid. <laughs> so they met in the morning and they were friends. Those are the fears. <laughs> people are already alarmed of you. And I pray that you actually know it. That as the other person, as I fear them, they also do what? Fear me. Verse 2. That they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city and one of them, one, one of the royal cities. And because it was greater than I and all men were mighty. And God actually tells Jacob that wherever you go, you'll cause what? You'll cause terror. And I pray this morning again that when you enter the spiritual realm and you are praying for your family, terror will enter the camp of demons and spirits. And they will begin freeing. So don't fear because the spirits are already fearing you. Because the people are already what? Fearing you. And some of the fears are like, eh, even they fear. One, one time a lady actually said, I thought Jasper was tall. I said, what? I thought Jasper, the way I hear about him was what? Was told. So are you the real Jasper or another one? The fear, you get it. <laughs> Instead of you fearing them, let them do what? Fear you. Instead of you fearing circumstances, let circumstances fear you. That, ah, I can't touch that one. Mm. By the way, the devil said that on regarding Job. Ah, that that one, you have favored him, you have done what? Let me tell you, we need to be Jobs. Mm. We need to be Esthers. Where circumstances will do what? Will fear us. Ruth. If you read the book of Ruth, there was no reason for Ruth even to stand. But let me tell you, circumstances feared her. Mm. Until when the salvation of the Lord came towards her. Second, last. Promise. Verse 8b, I have given them into your hands. I have given them into your hands. Not one will withstand you. I read it and I said, thank you, Lord. Imagine he has given lack of school fees into your hand. You do the way you want. He has given sickness into your what? Hands. Do it the way you want and that's the power of God, my friend. Mm. Mark chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. The following signs will follow what? Believers, they will touch those who are sick. They will be healed. That's it. I have handed over the earth into your hands. Let me also add this. Do you know he has already handed over your family into your hands? Mm. You operate like a firstborn, Joshua. Full stop. Why? Because that's his promise that I have already handed over. So what is in front of you? Tell that situation that God has already handed over. And let me tell you, 
Again, if God says I have handed over, please receive and deal with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Then the battle belongs to the Lord. Verse 11. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on, on the descent of Beth Horon that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Isaac and they died. So the battle belongs to who? To the Lord. Jehoshaphat says the battle belongs to the Lord. This morning, just know that God is going to fight for you. Now, hailstones. <laughs> I read it and I was like, God, you are amazing. They were raining only on those five kings and their armies. Israel was safe. As the armies of the enemy are falling down, do you know you are safe, you and your family? Mm. And it doesn't matter, let me tell you, friend. Mm. So, again, you read about hailstorms. <laughs> you know, snow, God is sending stones, pop down, pop down. And he killed more than Israel had actually killed. So let me tell you, friend, that God will already set you out. You just need to know that victory belongs to him. The battle is his. And when he rises as the God and the arm of Israel, let me tell you, there is no gate that you will not open. Mm. And that's where you need to operate in victory, in faith, not in fear. In conclusion, <clears throat> verse 6. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Verse 6. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua in the camp at Giligali, saying, Listen to what they said. Do not relax your hand from your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. And help us for all the kings of Amorites who dwell in the hill country are gathered against us. This morning is also a morning to send a message to your friend. We sang what a friend we have in what? In Jesus. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So when fear comes, send him a what? A message. And not on the phone, but to the throne. Not on Google, but to God. Not to the world, but to the word. Send him a message. And let me tell you, he will come and help. Why? Because again, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So when fear comes, where do you run it to? And all your fears this morning, where are you going to send them? What a friend we have in what? In Jesus. That was the first song. That we need to know one thing, that we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is a lady who operated in faith while she had a mother who operated in fear. Her name is Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby, six months in the world, she got a, a, a sickness in her eyes. When they went to a doctor, it was a fake doctor. He put a, a bad drug and her eyesight totally was lost. The mother was bitter. Looked after that doctor to kill him, he fled. The girl remained blind. At around nine years, 
she began operating in faith, singing what and what, going to school. And those days, things were tough. The mother met her one time and said, my girl, you are smiling, you are happy. But me, I fear for you that you'll never grow up to become a what? A good person. She said, mommy, I thank God that I'm blind. Because when my eyes open, they will first see Jesus Christ. Operating in what? In faith. That lady, Fanny Crosby, wrote so many songs. More than 8,000. Do not pass by me, gentle Savior. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Visions of rapture burst in what? In my sight. When she was blind, she died at about 82 years. I pray today as we stand that we shall begin operating in what? In faith. So that fear will be able to collapse. The song is 76, just one stanza because of time. Song 76, trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Song 76, as you meditate upon your life, and then we pray. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a thank you because there is a key to happiness. There is a key to joy. And that's through trusting and obeying. And I pray for each of these, my brethren, that whatever mountain is in front of them will be leveled in the name of Jesus through the lens of faith. That whatever river is in front of them, that Lord Jesus will send a bridge so that you'll be able to cross. And when they cross over, receive all the glory, receive all the honor, receive all the power. I pray, Lord, that you now remove all fears in our lives and substitute it with faith so that like Joshua and all armies, we shall say, yes, the battle belongs to you. And so you mountain in front of Zerubbabel, we declare that the God who began with small things will accomplish mighty things in us. And our prayer this morning is that indeed we shall remain trusting you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you.